Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of the Southside Trap. It is August, and therefore we have a new message from one of our $25 subscribers at the Southside Trap Patreon. This is from Derek Helling of Derek Helling Sports LLC, asking you to remind yourselves and your friends and your family to register to vote. And if you are voting by mail, make sure that you put in the application to vote by mail early. Figure out the best way to safely participate in this year's election um, and make your voice heard. That's from Derek Helling, from Derek Helling, LLC. And uh, enjoy the episode, guys. We missed you. Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to dive into some NWSL off-season news. And believe it or not, we're a little more than a month or so removed or going on a month removed from the Challenge Cup. And there's some things to go through, uh, both holistically on the league side and, of course, specifically on the Chicago Red Star side. So couldn't do any of that stuff alone. Can't unpack it alone, guys. Can't do anything alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins. AKA the scam originator. Claire, I miss you. How you doing tonight? I'm good. I missed you too. It's been a long it's been it feels like it's been years since we've last spoke and it's been too long. It truly, truly has. Uh Claire, we've been up to some things, man. We've been up to some things. Uh you're actually coming to us live right now from a very special place. Yo, H. Yeah, I went out of town. I've been out of town for a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, not to get all COVID already, but yeah, I've, I've been pretty pretty much, Sandra too, we've both been pretty much on full lockdown for months and months and months. And so I did finally, I switched households for a couple of weeks and I met up with my family. So yeah, live from Ohio. Ohio's good. It's very Ohio. I love it. Um, I know since the Challenge Cup has concluded, People have been looking for that women's soccer fix and in between have probably been occupying themselves with other things. I know Claire, mutually for you and I both, we've definitely been watching a lot of Chicago Sky basketball. And we would just like to encourage everybody to go ahead and support the WNBA and support the Chicago Sky. Uh, they've been really awesome and fun to watch. And uh, it's interesting watching these players kind of navigate their bubble, right? And their game and uh, their method of approach when it comes to uh, taking on issues of social injustice against, you know, black people in this country uh, and social injustices in general. So it's, it's it's been quite the ride and they're in full swing. We caught a fun game today. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're doing like a totally different thing. It's, it's like the long form version of, of what the NWSL did. I mean, I'm sure people have heard about the NBA bubble, but yeah, the WNBA, like the NWSL, hadn't started when everything got shut down. So they had to figure out like a whole bubble season and it's a shortened season. They're doing like 22 games and then playoffs um, in the sky first of all, are definitely going to make the postseason, right? Like they're good. Um, they're a good team. Uh, they might not be the best team, but they are the most fun team. To I swear, I believe this to be true. They are the most fun team to watch in the WNBA, with, even when they're bad. 
So like when they're good, it's great. And when they're bad, you're like relatable. Um, yep. And, uh, and yeah, they've got every single one of their, every single one of their players uh, knows what there's about, knows what they're about and have very specific sets of skills and they love each other a lot and just want to play cool basketball together. And I have definitely enjoyed, I don't really know a lot about basketball. I'm not a big basketball person, um, but I've been learning a lot and uh, really enjoying it. And I, I highly recommend everybody else get into it too. Women's basketball is the most soccer like of other sports. I feel there's like passing, there's passing lanes and movement and set plays. And I know this is true in men's basketball too, but it's like at a speed that my brain can comprehend. Um, and it's really cool. They're very cool. Yeah. I've been loving it. Part of the, um, Part of my recent joys has been uh, listening and texting with Claire about basketball. Uh, as a basketball lover, uh, basketball was my sport growing up, and um, it's been dope. I love uh, watching these worlds collide, and uh, yeah, any time the WNBA can get more traction and, and more support, I think is important. So uh, if you're looking for um you know something to scratch that sportage you should definitely uh check that out they're playing mm -hmm. every day that's the other yeah. thing too they're, like they're i just season it's like the group stages guys. yeah There's i just, a game like every other day i just go to the I, I i type in i type wmba on twitter and i look for their graphic card and they tell me what three games are that day and i'm like okay and then yeah. there's always basketball, always basketball. There's always a team playing yeah. some basketball. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, finished Shira mm. when Challenge Cup was over. And again, if you're looking for something to watch, I would highly recommend that. Uh, love to feel emotions about fictional things. Yeah, we might we might have to do we might have to do a full Shira episode at some point. It's um, one of my favorite things. I yeah, love but, it. Uh, yeah. Give us some feedback. If you, guys want us, if you guys want us to uh, take a deep sheer dive, uh, let us know. Hit us up. Say that you want that and maybe we'll provide it. Maybe we'll do it anyway, even if nobody wants it. So Exactly. Because yeah. that's what we can do here. With I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what every NWSL team's uh, Shira character is. 100% ready for it. Thought about it a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ready to go. Uh, but yeah, guys, there's the, in between all that, uh, you know, saying goodbye to NWSL, you, you're like, uh, we're kind of entering this all. Uh, we kind of had to do some waiting, right, in terms of uh, news and uh, kind of receiving and being on the receiving end of that type of stuff. Really, with everyone else, um, I think I've said this a number of times uh, on the podcast that, you know, Claire has always been so cool and has gone along with it. We both agree that we're not really necessarily here to break the news. We're definitely here to react to it and walk through it with everyone else. And to be fair, there has been some recent news, you know, swirling around uh, NWSL. Uh, some of which, you know, has been reported on by colleagues of ours and, uh, some interesting 
backlash, I guess, for lack of a better word, right, uh, coming into play. Just a real, real weird vibe uh, watching it unfold. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, Just in regard to some of the things that have come around, like whether it's potential for more games or the possibility of player movement. Um, It's real weird. What's your vibe, Claire? Yeah, I mean, I think so... The, 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 you know, the tenor of the whole thing, especially when it comes to um, discussions of, of what happens next, is that I think a little bit, and I understand this, the NWSL is in a really tough spot right now, and it's not their fault. You know, they did not, um, they are not in charge of the COVID-19 response in this country. They can only react to what they have in front of them. And I'm sure if they could influence our particular situation to make it better, they would but they can't. And so unfortunately you have players stuck in very particular situations where they are making personal decisions for themselves. And, and we'll, we'll talk about this more um, a little bit in that. The, I think the friction of it is that it's not bad news, actually. Like none of this is truly bad news for the league. There's nothing here that is catastrophic or means anything um, more than just the current reality of what's going to be true in this country for at least the next, you know, eight months. Um, but you know, if you, if you're in the league or you work for a team or whatever, you, you don't like that you can't give good news or you can't say, yes, we're going to do this and everything's great and nothing is bad and it's all going to be great. And, and I, I understand that, but I think that there's a natural friction to, um, Thinking to to reacting to accurate news of maybe tough circumstances as someone focusing in on quote unquote bad press, um, and so I just think that it's I think it's hard. Like I, I truly do empathize with people within the league on this, um, but Sand like Sandra said, um, there's a reason why we don't try to break news, and it's because it's impossible, and uh, we are just here to kind of get it and, and talk about it and, and put our take on it. Um, but I, I, I say this, I tweet this all the time. I respect our colleagues who break NWSL news immensely. And I think that they should be allowed to do that without being publicly called out um, for saying things that at the time are um, reasonably sourced. And I think also that talking about stuff in the off season, I know the NWSL doesn't want to be in an off season right now, but off season conversations are great hypotheticals are great. Even if a trade that someone talked about didn't come through, let's talk about what it might be, how this might work. What situation does this imply? What does this mean for the future? Um, and I, and I think that the sensitivity around that is not necessarily conducive to certainly not to helping the NWSL get through this time because the U S is not getting good news for a while. Like that's just true. And so there's going to have to be a certain element of letting go of the narrative uh, that the league is going to have to be okay with. And I think we're starting to see some of the growing pains in that. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, and it's also weird as uh, I think two people, I feel comfortable kind of lumping you in this with me, Claire, but it's two people who uh, don't like strictly consume just this one sport. Uh, We have our hands in many, right. Uh, It's also a little weird to see uh, the differences in reaction to things like this from the league, from NWSL specifically, uh, versus maybe some other leagues who are, A, have been around longer, or B, maybe far more established. Yeah. It looks a little 
childish, mm-hmm. looks a little bush league. And uh, it also makes me a little bummed out sad because we uh, have contributed to this narrative ourselves, you know, in terms of wanting to grow the league, yeah. grow its face and uh, its legacy, right, so to speak. And uh, watching this type of stuff unfold in this time frame it's been very very weird for lack of a better word uh when someone like me looks at the news cycle that's running within women's soccer in america what we're talking about right now is the champions league for the women and we're talking about players leaving this country to go play overseas what we're not talking about is cool shit like rumors and transfers and conversations and what ifs. Right. That's cool shit. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun shit. If people could wrap their brains around that and realize that that's good for the league, I think there'd be a much different approach to how the response is to some of that type of stuff. Because the fact of the matter is, is that, yes, sometimes things fall through. That's that's the game, baby. Like, that's pro sports, you know? Uh, so it's been weird. For lack of a better word, it's just been weird. Uh, I'm with Claire in that sense where, you know, shout out to our colleagues who are literally just trying to do their jobs. Uh, it's hard out there in those uh, media and reporting streets. Don't let anybody tell you any otherwise. Uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we get to maybe hear some more news on top of some stuff that's already kind of come out and been confirmed. I mean, we're already touching on it a little bit. You know, post-Challenge Cup, we started to enter into this area of, well, what happens next, right? NWSL did something amazing. Everybody from, again, our end specifically, I think you and I can both uh, speak to this, uh, had a great time covering the the Challenge Cup, uh, I don't think, you know, it was a new territory for everybody. You know, the players playing in it, the coaches coaching in it, the staff working it, and the media covering it. And uh, looking back uh, at it and how much of a great success it was for the league, and I think that was a uniform statement across so much of the coverage that was done on the Challenge Cup and the league. It was exceptionally positive uh, stuff in terms of content that was coming out of the, of the of the challenge cup for for the coverage of it so to enter into this area sort of post challenge cup where the conversation and the questions have turned to well what's going to happen now uh what does nwsl look like for the remainder of 2020 especially in light of so many other professional sports that are still continuing you know their playoff or bubble environments right we've talked a little bit about WNBA we've also referenced NBA in relation to that uh, you've got a big monster in NFL sort of navigating things and trying MLB to- too yeah Baseball and they're not in a bubble at all yeah and uh, just to keep it based on soccer we're talking about MLS that did their own bubble tournament also to great success Uh, But they are also opening the door to continuing, uh, you know, playing some sense of like a regular season format and we're watching it unfold uh, kind of as this, you know, recording is happening. So what does that mean for NWSL? 
for NWSL, we've heard from, you know, Commissioner Beard, we've heard from front, uh, front office folks uh, speak repeatedly that there was going to be conversation about the potential for return to play in 2020 for NWSL. Now, unfortunately, uh, those conversations uh, started to crank up a little bit post-Challenge Cup. Not that they weren't already happening before. I'm sure that they were. Um, you know, but post-Challenge Cup, there's maybe a different sense of urgency, right? So I think part of that urgency, and we touched on it a little bit, when we had made reference to the news and players leaving, what we're talking about specifically are uh, United States women's national team players who are making the decisions uh, for themselves to take on a new journey uh, for 2020 and play overseas. Uh, the very first uh, reported signing that we heard was for Sam Mewis of North Carolina Courage to head on overseas to Manchester City to play in England. And tied in within that was a player like Rose Lavelle. Now, Sam Mewis was announced first and foremost, with Rose Lavelle uh, kind of having some question marks around her. But again, fun things to talk about, cool shit to talk about. A trade happened, lots of storyline there, and eventually Rose Lavelle was announced to a place like Manchester City. So Claire, what we're seeing now, post-announcement of Sam Ewis, post-announcement of Rose Lavelle, we're also hearing and seeing and reading uh, some reporting about additional United States players heading overseas. Uh, recently, Emily Sonnet announced that she's playing overseas. To, you know, she wasn't able to get any games in with Orlando Pride due to them having to pull out of the Challenge Cup. Uh, so she is a player that obviously uh, is looking for the rest of her 2020 to, you know, get some type of uh, matches in. So we've got a player like that heading over to Sweden. And there's also reports uh, around players like Tobin Heath and Kristen Press potentially uh, landing over in with uh, Manchester United. And even really, like, prolific NWSL players, I mean, this isn't just centered specifically on, like, United States women's national team players. Um, you know, we have a player like Jessica Vishlock from El Rain who, like, decided to go uh, overseas and, and play with, uh, you know, Reading FC. You know, that you're talking about a veteran player of NWSL, like one of the faces of, you know, OG NWSL. Uh, so, Claire, we've been hearing a lot of takes about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of conversation about it. Um, yeah, I, while you were talking, I just like wrote a bunch of stuff down because I think I'm not, I really am. I'm like very, uh, I'm being very nice to the NWSL tonight. Um, one of the things about NWSL being the first team to come back, and that's the big thing, right? They were the first or first league to come back, first league to come back with team sports, means that when they constructed the Challenge Cup and even pulled off the Challenge Cup, it was when we still knew less than we know now about what can be done. They were the first ones who did it. They didn't know if the bubble would work. They had no examples of it in this country. Um, and they actually set the standard for a lot of other leagues and other leagues benefited from the NWSL doing this first. Um, some things that we've learned uh, is first and foremost that bubbles work. We didn't know that they would. We had no idea if that they would. Um, so, so there's that element as well. Um, but in, in the relation to that, that also meant that they probably didn't know what they could do next until after it was already over. And um, 
Jessica Fishlock actually did an interview with, with Jeff Kasuf at the Equalizer this past week on his, his podcast, which is called Kickin' Back. And basically what, what she said was one of the reasons why someone like her, well, there's a lot of reasons why, she, why someone like her would need to go back to England for a little bit, but um, the athletes need to know what is coming next. And the unfortunate thing for the NWSL is at the end of the Challenge Cup, they did not have that answer for them. They said, we're not sure. And if you are a professional athlete that has to maintain a certain level of fitness and, and focus, that's not really good enough. Um, not for everybody, but, and this is the other thing, I think that when we're talking about U.S. Women's National Team, I would say at this moment, I, I personally um, have higher hopes for the Olympics occurring next year now than I did maybe even three or four months ago. I think there's a way for this to work um, safely. And the U.S. has to figure out how they're going to participate in that. Um, and I think that part of that means that the U.S. players have to get games. I think it also means that they might spend a significant amount of time out of the country as a team. Like, I'm not sure that at this moment they can train here and get anybody to come play them here and then go someplace else. Like, I just think that they're probably looking at options overseas as a group. Um, and then the other thing, too, is that I think that U.S. Women's National Team players were probably had their eyes on Europe for this year anyway, except this year was supposed to be the year after the Olympics, not the year before. Um, so all of that is kind of whirling in a bunch of different ways. Um, and then the one other thing that I want to say about the possibility of more games for the NWSL, which is all of these other leagues have done this, and the NWSL did this, but they're going to have to negotiate with the players' associations again. They can't just be like, well, we got this one deal done and now we're going to tell you what's happening. It's not going to work like that. The PA has to sign off on this because there are new risks. There might be a new compensation system, all of that sort of stuff. So the NWSL can't just be like, here's what we're doing, you know, show up on Monday. It, it has to be something that's negotiated again with the Players Association. So I think that I do think that the NWSL, I really do think that we will see these NWSL teams play again in 2020. Who they will be playing, I'm not sure. Where they will be playing, also not sure. Um, but the whole point being that there are some really kind of boring logistical reasons why this is happening. And I also think just like a little bit, the NWSL kind of got their moment and the WNBA got their moment the FAWSL is going to have their moment this year. And I think that's cool. I think that this is, you know, you talk about the opportunity of the pandemic. I think that the English league, the English women's league is going to have the opportunity like everybody else kind of has to show off in difficult circumstances. Um, I do not think that this is a mass exodus from the NWSL. I think all of these players will come back unless they were never planning on coming back anyway. Um, I think that, U.S. Women's National Team players have a deadline for when they have to be playing games again. Like, I'm sure that that's true. Um, and I just, I think that it'll all be okay. I mean, the, the, the league also announced more expansion this week. Like, my whole thing is this. And this isn't even loans. This is just, like, the big U.S. Women's National Team transfers. Is that all of those players say that they go for their max contract. They leave for two years. They're going to come back in 2022 to a 12-team league in the NWSL, two of which will be in California. It's just going to be fine. The NWSL is going to transform, and that is just all going to 
go on, you know, progress in its own time. Um, the funny thing is that, you know, lots of stuff happening, but I don't know exactly at this moment how much it's affecting Chicago. We haven't seen, we haven't seen that blockbuster movement from the Red Stars as of yet. I like that you said as of yet, because watch, watch us yeah. drop this and then like right. something, <laughs> something get unleashed. It's perfect because yeah. we're recording this on a weekend. So there you go. Uh, but that's not to say that there hasn't been any type of movement at all whatsoever uh, for the Red Stars in light of all of these, uh, I guess, what's considered star-like type players heading overseas. Uh, there's a certain level of player that's heading overseas. And, you know, those are real backbone players of NWSL, uh, you know, players who really, truly help sustain this league. And there's a number of players for every club um, that has been, you know, making a decision for themselves. And I'm going to shout out Equalizer again. I know they've got a great uh, tracker going on right now. I'm going to plug CBS real quick. We've got a tracker going on over there too. So there's, there's news out there for, for people to follow up if they're having a hard time keeping up uh, with these type of moves. Uh, but for the Red Stars specifically, you know, they actually announced their player movement for players like Rachel Hill, Cassie Miller, Mackenzie Doniak, Emily Boyd, and Kayla Sharples. Uh, these were the five players uh, that were announced specifically for the Red Stars. Um, heading overseas to Sweden, heading overseas to Finland, I believe it was, heading overseas yep. uh, to, to Cyprus, if yep. I remember correctly, and, and Cassie and Miller. Denmark. So, you know, Denmark, thank you. Over over the four countries, five players, kind of kind of cool. Um, and the type of players, when I'm looking at a player like, um, you know, Mackenzie Doniak, right, a player that the Red Stars appear to just sort of roll the dice on, right so to speak we'll just leave it at that uh and then 2020 happened right <laughs> and 2020 happened and things have played out the way that they played out i i love to see a, a player like that head overseas as well as a player like emily boyd someone who's been in a backup role for chicago for a handful like almost nearly a handful of years now and uh you're talking about a player who understands her role very, very well, and uh, clearly also understands that she's got to get the games. You know, we're talking, again, about the Challenge Cup where a player like Boyd got a solid 45 minutes, and uh, that's great. It was an impressive 45, and I just think, man, imagine what Emily Boyd would look like, uh, you know, with some games. So, you know, seeing the the solid number two for Chicago head over, get some get some games is uh, – is going to be dope. And honestly, a player like Kayla Sharples getting some overseas experience, I was super hyped to see that. I yeah, was like, yeah. yes, this is a move that I think the community is going to get down with. Yeah. Uh, love to see it. Super hyped about it. And, um, you know, the, these players are going overseas and their loans are, you know, for the most part through 2020, you know. So with the attention of these players returning to compete in NWSL in 2021. So these players specifically will probably look a little different, you know, uh, whether it's tactically, you know, or fitness-wise when they come back from having um, 
had that experience. Claire, do you have any takes on the Chicago Red Stars who are heading overseas? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm shocked that this is the first time Emily Boyd has gone out on loan. You know, she is someone that I wouldn't have, you know, just, if you think about kind of the old, at this point, the old school NWSLW league relationship, like she seems like someone that maybe could have benefited from that or, um, yeah, I think that her getting game time is huge. And it, as a goalkeeper, I don't think, you know, it, it doesn't matter a ton, the the construction of the team itself. It's just all about getting in those in-game scenarios that you just can't recreate um, on a practice field. I think, yeah, I think Kayla Sharples going to Finland is awesome. I think, um, I think it's important, especially for a player like her who, who was non-contract last year and now contract this year. She's a professional soccer player. She should play pro soccer. I think that that's even just a mentality shift that is so important to stick it out and have a long career um, in this league or otherwise. Um, and yeah, I mean, Cassie Miller in Cyprus, she already has experience there. That seems like a comfortable fit for her. Doniak getting some more experience. I, I think that, um, like you said, you know, I think it's easy to get kind of bummed out about the fact that this is not an open exchange, right? We don't have European players coming here because there is no here right now, but this is also kind of like the diaspora dream a little bit of these soccer players going out and getting that experience. And even if you just think about bigger picture, like I'm, I'm hopeful that we might see some new wrinkles in the U S women's national team because they have this European experience and, and stuff like that. And so I think that, I think it's great. I think that it comes back. First of all, I think, getting life experiences is incredibly valuable and I'm glad that they're going to just go get some life experiences. I'm glad they're going to, you know, get out of here for a little bit. I wish I could. Um, and then also I think that when they come back, they will come back with hopefully what I would consider to be like a sense of ownership over their own careers. That is incredibly valuable, especially for all of these players, mostly being quite young. So, um, I think it's great. I, I think that all of those are great moves. And again, they'll, they'll all be back. I, that's not a concern at all. Um, they just need to get some game time in 2020. Yeah, looking forward to to their returns. And, you know, since that news drop, it was maybe about over a week ago or so, maybe 10 days, right? Let's just narrow it at that. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, major movement, right, in terms of the restaurants, which we mentioned about before we kind of uh, got into this. It's not to say once this episode drops that maybe yeah. something else might happen because that tends to be, what happens uh, but for now for me taking a look at the roster i uh i have a deep profound respect for so many of these players who ended their challenge cup right a seven game tournament that i don't think many of them expected to go on but a ton of them did all the way to a cup final, right? Shout out to them. Uh -huh. And so many of them came home. And I think it's safe to say and leave it at that and put it that way. They came home. For a lot of these players, they call Chicago home. And for a lot of those players, they've adopted this um, as a home away from home. And one of my favorite sort of post-Challenge Cup weird limbo off season thing that kind of came to light at the conclusion of the challenge cup was watching so many of these players do exactly what they told us they were going to do claire 
which was they were going to come home to Chicago and they were going to get here and they couldn't wait to get themselves back into the city and integrated within its communities. So we've been seeing a lot of cool stuff, uh, whether it's been directly from the Red Stars social media accounts or from the players in their personal accounts, players like Sarah Gordon, players like Hannah Davis and Kayla Sharples, players like Danny Colaprico, um, so many. I, I'm so sorry if I'm forgetting anyone specifically, but so many of these players uh, who actually really spent some time with us during the Challenge Cup and doing coverage and sharing some time with us during that crazy, crazy tournament, um, who all said specifically when we kind of talked about the city and its dynamic and everything that's been happening uh, right now, how much their brains and their hearts were just so tied to each other and kind of really back home. Uh, And that many of them really couldn't wait to kind of make their return and be able to reconnect uh, with the city once again. So I, I have, that's something that I have really enjoyed uh, witnessing during this off season. Yeah. I mean, I think, and, and this is, this is an undercurrent of, of a lot of, you know, the coverage that we do, but, um, but I do think this is true. I say this all the time. Um, if I haven't said it yet in 2020, excuse me, I'm sorry, I've been distracted, but one of the things that Chicago has truly, and, and I, and this is not no disrespect to any of the other teams. I think Portland also has this, I, I would say this for them as well. Um, is that, one of the biggest assets that the Chicago Red Stars has is they are located in a city where people like to be. They like living here. They like being from being that's the home base. Now that we have year round housing, they don't have to worry about where they're going to live in Chicago. They always have an apartment to come back to. And that, and and, and that maybe is, is, is underrated within all of this is that, all of those players upon coming back to the challenge cup had housing waiting for them. It wasn't like pack up your stuff and go back to your family home. It's like, no, if you want to be here, just, just be here. That's okay. Um, And I think that you saw a lot of players say like, hell yeah, this is when they were in Utah, they weren't, I mean, some of, you know, they, they went and visited family after leaving, but they weren't thinking about going back to like mom and dad's house. They were thinking about going back to Chicago. Um, and I think that that is an underrated thing, again, um, and I, I want to be careful to phrase this because, like I said, we don't know what player movement might be coming, and I think all of it would be legitimate. But I think that having a team in a city where people want to be maybe gives you a little bit of an edge in maybe them wanting to wait this out with you in this particular moment in time. And I think that that's, that's great, you know? And I think that they were very clear during the challenge cup that even when they were in Chicago, they weren't really allowed to be out, you know, not like out, like going to a bar out, but like even just out amongst people outside, they were really pretty, you know, shut down. And I think we've seen some of that come back to a new normal when it comes to like, what is pretty safe? What is social distance? How can those players have, you know, be mentally healthy and all of that sort of good stuff. And I think that, um, I just think those are the kinds of things that in an uncertain time like this one makes you feel like they're, this is going to be okay. They're going to be fine. Um, and the players that are here want to be here and they'll make it work, you know, and they've gotten the opportunity to be in the community more. And 
yeah, they weren't, you know, they weren't messing around when they said that they had things that they wanted to do because they've been doing them. Yeah, love to see it. I love to see it. And uh, we love to talk about it and highlight it. So uh, shout out to, to all the players who've been putting in work. Shout out to, um, you know, the club for being supportive of that and encouraging that, you know. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, to seeing more of it uh, in the future, hopefully sooner rather than later and hopefully in a <laughs> much different timeline with different types of protocols. Um, but it does also leave that window that we've been talking a lot about. Uh, that big question mark of potential future games in 2020 for NWSL. And there has been constant reporting about it. Um, if for whatever reason you're smart and aren't constantly logged on every 12 seconds, we're here for you. And I'm just going to share very quickly what we have seen being reported um, slash also things that we have been hearing for some time now. But the concept of kind of dividing teams up, essentially having them play in what is considered safe pods, right, uh, where they're switching off games, so to speak, certain markets holding uh, certain amounts of games, you know, it would be probably spread over three different pods, right? Uh, you have a pod one, a group one, a group two, a group three, and they would just play essentially their own kind of matches, their own kind of round robin. It would be for, of, for bragging rights, you know? Yeah, their yeah. own type of round robin kind of uh, scrimmages. Just let's get some games in for the remainder of 2020 because believe it or not folks there's not a lot of this year remaining i know we've all been living in a crazy timeline it's going to be september right and that's i mean that's the other element of it too which is that no matter what no matter what the nwsl is going to move into a proper off season at the beginning of november like that is that has always been the case um there's right, never yeah. been any conversation of extending anything Correct. So yeah, we've been hearing a lot about that. It'd probably be uh, three teams lumped into three groups, uh, hearing teams and markets and in their respective markets will host X amount of games uh, and probably will start sooner rather than later. And that's only, again, guys, have to emphasize this. I have to emphasize this. This only happens if the players are comfortable with it. Exactly. And I'm in full agreement in support of that. Southside Trap is in full support and agreement of that with the players. Uh, proposals can go back and forth amongst administration and front office officials all at once. Um, once you sort of hand over those proposals to the players and they take a look at it, I really do believe that they have the final say. And uh, I think everyone should remind themselves that they're pretty lucky that uh, we're covering and watching and supporting a league like NWSL because I got to imagine if the players say that they're not down, that it doesn't happen and they have the support of the league, right, in, in doing that. So while I'm sure a number of people, probably the majority, you know, want to get some soccer in, I mean, that's really what helped kick off the Challenge Cup was that you had players that really just want to compete. They wanted to play soccer 
in 2020. So that's a big, big part of it. So I'm sure there's um, multiple guidelines that are being looked at, uh, multiple discussions about how the market is going to look once you arrive there, should you arrive there, et cetera. And it'll probably be over the course of X amount of weeks, you know, from September to October, because looking back on what maybe what was to be, um, you know, NWSL was going to run for X amount of weeks, well into October, right? Into like the playoffs kind of ending in November, like early November. And then there was going to be that uh, off season. So uh, we will see what happens again. We're going to be right there with you all um, to break it down. Should something happen? And we'll be there to talk about it if it doesn't, to be quite honest. Uh, But as always, if it happens, we'll kind of come at it from a Red Star's angle. Yeah. no, guys, this is the Chicago Red Stars podcast. We'll find ways to talk about the Chicago Red Stars, I feel pretty confident about. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but, but that's that's who we talk about here. This is the Chicago Red Stars podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, to sort of close things out, just want to shout everybody out like, once again uh, on the Patreon. All of our subscribers, you guys have been amazing thanks uh, for thank letting us so take a much. second yeah thanks yeah thank you so much for, for like giving yeah. us the time yeah um giving us the space and hanging in there and hanging out with us uh when we were sort of ready to return thank you for um giving us your feedback thank you for reading the yuki nagasato piece uh we appreciate you so 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 much and um just to acknowledge uh, the feedback that we got on the patron we got a good chunk. Uh, I think more than we were even expecting to get because not everybody engages all the time and that's fine. Sometimes you just want to receive your content and not do any of the work. That's for us to do, not for you. So we appreciate uh, that you went ahead and gave us some of that feedback. So we just wanted to take this time and this moment to acknowledge that, address that, and say that we have received it, haven't forgotten about it, and we are going to sit with it and figure out the best way to map out that content and how to roll it out to you guys moving forward. Because there was some interesting stuff in there. There was fun stuff for us to talk about. Uh, There was some stuff in there that we felt that maybe we did a, we thought we did a pretty good job of addressing during the Challenge Cup, but if you'd like us to readdress it, we'll consider that. Um, And there was also some really kind of, uh, you know, meatier, beefier stuff with more layers to get into, which unfortunately, as we've kind of gone through this episode, don't have a lot of the answers to right now. Uh, We can't really provide answers without the appropriate context. And once we get that, we will provide them. Uh, So shout out to everyone who was able to uh, reach out to us on Patreon and give us the feedback. If you are listening to this episode and you're wondering, I wanna give you guys some feedback, listen to me, I mean, you have the opportunity to do that and you could do that by supporting Southside Trap on the patron. Um, we are always looking to grow the community here. We're always looking for um, people who want to dive in and join into the Chicago Red Stars journey with us. And uh, you know, we're here for you just like you guys are here for us. So please uh, continue your support of the Southside Trap podcast. If you've, head over to the patron and you realize you know what guys love you this just isn't the right time for me i cannot uh commit to one of these tiers we get it we have a number of tiers that we think are pretty reasonable 
um, that we think provide a lot of different options for folks, but sometimes it just doesn't always work out. And guess what? There are a multitude of ways that you can continue your support of the Southside Track podcast. If you cannot do that with a tier on the Patreon, you could do that by following us on all social media channels, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Southside Track Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us on all streaming services on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor. So go ahead and find us, subscribe to us, uh, give us a like, give us a rating, give us a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to create Chicago Red Stars content for you. So we will be back with you guys, we promise, sooner rather than later. In the meantime, please continue to wash your hands, wash your face, wash your everything, stay safe, practice your social distancing, and for the love of everything, continue your support of Black Lives. And we will be back with you soon.